Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, December 22nd, and we start, as always, with local news. Murray County Sheriff's Department is searching for a missing woman, Cheyenne Brooke Hopkinson, who was last seen on December 19th. She was last seen by the reporting party in Hickman County late in November and in Mount Pleasant by her mother a few days later. Her mother said she left with a person named Jenny. She is known to frequent Columbia and Pulaski as well. Her last known address is Smith Hollow Road in Mount Pleasant. If you have any information regarding Cheyenne's whereabouts, Please contact at 931-388-5151, extension 1, or contact Detective Chris Webster at 931-375-8697, or by email at chriswebster at murraycounty-tn.gov. Murray County and other parts of the 28th District are set to receive more than $2 million in community development block grants, according to State Senator Joey Hensley. Hensley made the announcement on December 21st after receiving notification from the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development, which administers the grant program under a procedure authorized by the Tennessee General Assembly. This important grant funding is welcome news for our local communities in Senate District 28, Senator Hensley said. With this much-needed funding, our local leaders will be able to improve street safety and parks, as well as water and sewer systems. Congratulations to our local elected officials on securing this competitive grant, and I will continue to provide assistance as needed, he said. The grants include $400,000 for the Ardmore Storm Shelter Project, $110,565 for Linville Street Improvements, $243,000 for Minor Hill City Park Lighting Improvements, $560,000 for Murray County Sewer Rehabilitation, $630,000 for Mount Pleasant Water System Improvements, and $208,826 for Cornersville Sidewalk Improvements. The funding is part of a larger sum, almost $37 million in grants for improvements in five categories across the state, including public health and safety, community infrastructure, community revitalization, water system improvements, and sewer system improvements. Governor Bill Lee and Department of Economic and Community Development Commissioner Stuart C. McWhorter recently approved the $36.6 million in block grant funding, which will assist 78 counties with infrastructure improvements, housing rehabilitations, and health and safety initiatives. What happens in rural Tennessee matters to all Tennesseans, and these infrastructure improvements will be key in preparing communities for future economic development opportunities and continued growth, Governor Lee said. The allocation of CDBG grants is based on priorities set through the public meeting process at the local community level, he said. The CDBG program is funded through HUD and administered in Tennessee by the Department of Economic and Community Development. Columbia State Community College celebrated 169 degree and certificate candidates as they crossed the stage during the fall commencement ceremony in the Webster Athletic Center. Dr. Janet F. Smith, Columbia State President, opened the ceremony by welcoming degree and certificate candidates, faculty, staff, and guests. Today is a special day for several reasons, 
President Smith said. First and foremost, it is a day of celebration of accomplishments. It is a day of recognition that these soon-to-be graduates set a goal and accomplished them. Smith introduced alumna Lee Williams as a guest speaker for the fall commencement ceremony. Williams is the executive director of the Williamson Health Foundation in Franklin and is a certified fundraising executive. There, she oversees the hospital's current $30 million More For You Close to Home Capital campaign, which supports the foundation's historic transformational expansion and renovation project. Williams has been involved with the foundation since 2013, serving in several different roles such as development coordinator, development associate, and director of development. Smith highlighted Williams, who graduated from Columbia State in 1993 and earned an Associate of Science degree in Mass Communications. She then went on to graduate from Lipscomb University with a bachelor's degree in public relations and Capella University with a master's degree in public administration. Williams began her speech by describing the circumstances that led her to Columbia State instead of attending a university right after high school like she had originally planned. She then reflected on how her unexpected experience helped prepare her for success. Everything about Columbia State was just what I needed at the time, Williams said. It bridged my gap between high school and adulthood, and I am forever grateful for the collegiate foundation it became for me, she said. Williams went on to applaud her own daughter, Lauren Sinor, who was one of the ceremony's graduates, stating, I'm proud that I am a Columbia State graduate. I'm proud that my daughter is graduating today and how it has laid the groundwork for her lifelong career. Williams closed her address with gratitude for her time at Columbia State and encouraging the graduates with her own equation for success that mirrored the order of operations taught in algebra classes. Remember the order of operations to solve your equation for success. Exude your parentheses, be exponential, mentor and multiply, divide and conquer, add what you need, and subtract what you don't. Be inspired, encouraged, and motivated to always strive for success and never, ever give up, she said. Closing the ceremony, the alumni induction of new graduates was presented by Ann Scott, Columbia State Library Director, and Lakeland Bates, Fall 2023 graduate and member of the Student Government Association. President's Leadership Society graduates were also honored with a medallion at the commencement ceremony. The establishment of this society was based on the belief that leadership is inherent to our lives and that we all have leadership roles, President Smith said. The President's Leadership Society is open to all students at Columbia State and requires only their commitment to involving involvement for learning, participation, and helping others, she said. Formed in the spring of 2011, President's Leadership Society is a free leadership training program focused on developing a student's unique leadership skills from their first semester through graduation. The program focuses on participation in college-sponsored programs that promote educational attainment, career choices, volunteerism, and civic responsibility. During the course of the program, students attend a leadership retreat, enjoy exposure to the arts, participate in workshops and campus life, develop civic understanding, and give back to the community through volunteerism. Farmers interested in USDA value-added producer grants are encouraged to attend workshops provided by the University of Tennessee Center for Profitable Agriculture to learn how to develop a strong application. The insight to developing a strong application for the USDA value-added grant Producer Grant, or VAPG, program will be conducted in three locations in January of 2024, including Columbia. 
These in-person workshops are designed to help producers with value-added enterprises to develop a strong grant application. The focus of the workshops will be helping producers develop their ideas for the grants, a competitive program that helps producers develop value-added activities related to processing and marketing new products. During the workshops, producers will get an overview of the value-added producer grant program, receive tips for developing a strong application, hear from past recipients of the grant, learn tips on how to prepare the proposal, see how applications are scored, and learn how to prepare the application one section at a time. Grant and matching funds may be used for planning activities such as a feasibility study or developing a business or marketing plan, or for working capital expenses related to producing and marketing a value-added agricultural product. Register online for the insight to developing a strong application for the USDA Value-Added Producer Grant Program by going to tiny.utk.edu forward slash VAPGinsightreg. Workshops will begin at 10 a.m. local time and conclude at 3 p.m., Lunch will be provided. There is a registration fee of $20 per person, and registration must be completed five days prior to the workshop date. The Columbia workshop date is January 24th. Attendance at the meeting will fulfill a Tennessee Agricultural Enhancement Program special requirement in the value-added producer diversification sector in Application B. More information about the workshops is available at www.cpa.tennessee.edu. Farmers and producers with questions should contact Troy Duggar at the Center for Profitable Agriculture, 1-486-2777, or by email at pduggar2 at utk.edu. The project to widen Bear Creek Pike will be put on hold for the time being, following the Tennessee Department of Transportation's recent announcement regarding its 10-year plan for roadways. The announcement was made Monday morning as Columbia and Murray County leaders anxiously awaited confirmation for final funding of the project, which at this point dates back more than a decade. The city's vision is to take approximately 7.2 miles of road to widen into four lanes, as well as various landscaping upgrades to the Bear Creek Highway 31 intersection, all in conjunction with the ongoing $29 million upgrades at the Bear Creek I-65 interchange. The city initially submitted its application in August, highlighting that the city had committed $4.5 million to the project, requesting TDOT commit it to approximately $10 million over the next 10 years. City Manager Tony Massey said, while this isn't great news to hear, the city isn't giving up just yet. We did not get good news, and we were disappointed to see that the City of Columbia and Bear Creek Pike were not included on the list, Massey said. We had high hopes and felt like since we've had such a financial commitment to this that we'd probably get preferential treatment. Massey added that, according to the list of projects that were approved, there was an indicator that TDOT has its sights set mainly on metro areas and interstate highways. There are also plans to install something similar to toll lanes or choice lanes where drivers would pay a small fee. If you want to pay a fee, you can take the express lane and miss some of the traffic going to Nashville every day, Massey said. That's the concept behind it. As for now, Massey said the city is going back to the drawing board to explore other options. Though this announcement presents something of a setback, it absolutely does not mean the project is dead in the water. Just because we didn't get it doesn't mean we are going to quit. We are never going to quit, Massey said. We'll just come back with a new strategy because it's just too important to the community. It's been a priority for our city government for over 10 years and will remain a priority until we get it. 
It's a setback, but it's not an end to all things, and so we'll keep an eye on it, he said. Columbia Fire and Rescue Station No. 1 is set to undergo $4.8 million in renovations following a unanimous vote of approval from the Columbia City Council last Thursday, December 14th. Plans to renovate Station No. 1, which is the central station for the city, were brought up last July. The renovations will consist of a complete remodel, including a new roof, insulated attics, LED lighting, and a 35-person training facility. In addition, the station's main public entrance will be moved to the rear of the building and a new parking lot will be paved. The station will also include a baby drop-off box, which allows mothers of newborns to surrender unharmed babies to designated facilities, according to the Tennessee Department of Human Services. The facility at South Garden Street, which was built in 1977, has had very few upgrades other than painting and floor replacements since its original construction. This has been a long time coming. Fire Chief Ty Cobb said, We've been working on this for a while and are excited to finally see the project get going. The station is in the busiest area and houses administration along with fire crews, he said, adding that the expansion will also consist consist of an emergency operations center and tornado-proof shelter. If there is severe weather damage or tornadoes, this will be an area where firefighters can be protected, he said. While undergoing renovation, several offices will be relocated to Stations 2 and 3. The project received five bids, with Pulaski-based general contractor Brindley Construction LLC ultimately taking on the task. George Newber, the architect of the project, said the new station will also allow for a segregation between males and females. We're excited to adapt this building, which will allow for that to happen, Newber said of the improvements, which will increase the total footprint to 17,330 square feet. The building was very inefficient in its installation. We were able to greatly improve upon the envelope installation factor for the facility, which will help its life cycle costing for energy use, he said. Renovations are expected to begin in January, with the project estimated to be completed in about 12 months. The council also approved dedicating the championship field at the Ridley Sports Complex in honor of former Columbia Mayor Dean Dickey and accepted the donation of a freestanding clock from the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club in honor of that group's 100th anniversary. The clock will be installed at the Riverwalk Park Farmers Market Pavilion. A change order for $225,000 to the South Garden Streetscape project was approved, with the increase required because of added construction costs. A rezoning of 4.28 acres off Morningside Lane was sent back to the Planning Commission after council members noted upcoming changes to the city's Connect Columbia plan in the coming year. The property owners had originally requested a change from CD3L, that's Neighborhood Large Lot Character District, to CD4, or General Urban Character District. Gerald Vick, an engineer representing the owners, asked for a deferral, noting that the city was looking at redefining the zoning requirements in the coming months. In light of the information we received during the project that the development services staff is bringing through, in order to allow development to be zoned similar in the same subdivision, we would like to ask that the council defer it until that change comes through, Vic said. At that point, would you consider approving it as CD3, he asked. The Planning Commission had recommended approval of the CD4 request by a 4-3 to vote at its November meeting.
Murray County government has been awarded $5,000 in a matching grant from the South Central Tennessee Development District. The Arts Build Communities, or ABC, grant will help the county commemorate the historic Murray County Courthouse as it celebrates 120 years of service to the community in 2024. The grant will fund a community juried art competition open to Murray County citizens of all ages. According to a press release, the theme will focus on what does the courthouse represent to its citizens. Citizens are invited to use their artistic abilities to design an original piece of art, all genres are welcome, that interprets what the Murray County Courthouse means. The Murray County Courthouse is an iconic and historic structure for the state of Tennessee. Built by Columbia architect J.E.R. Carpenter before he went on to great fame as one of the leading architects of luxury high-rise living in New York City, this building has been the central focus of Murray County since it was built in 1904. It symbolizes much to our community. This grant is a wonderful opportunity to allow the citizens of the county to interpret and express what the building represents. The contest will start with a commemoration ceremony honoring the courthouse, which will include a proclamation by Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt, followed by an overview focusing on the history of the Murray County Courthouse at 4 p.m. on Thursday, January 11th. Murray County citizens will have from January 11th to March 22nd to submit their artwork to the Murray County Archives, temporary location at 1446 Oak Springs Drive, Suite 100. Art will be juried in four categories, elementary school, secondary school, high school, and adults ages 18 and over. Prizes will be awarded for first, second, and third place for each category, and one grand prize winner will be announced during Mule Day on April 6th of 2024. Rules for artist submissions include that artwork must be original. All art intended for wall mounting in the 18-plus category must be submitted in a frame and wired for hanging. All submitted art will be accompanied by a card with the artist's name, contact information, category, title, and medium, and all art must be submitted by 3 p.m. on Friday, March 22nd. Art will be juried by five esteemed artists, which include local photographers Sarah Gillum and Ross Janes, as well as painters James Smearman and Margaret Warfield, and sculptor Jennifer Grisham. Winning submissions will be displayed at the courthouse during the 2024 Mule Day festivities. All submitted art will Artwork will be placed on display at the Prior Art Gallery at Columbia State Community College from May 13th to June 14th. The exhibit will open with a gallery reception on May 13th. For more information about the contest, contact the Murray County Archives at 931-375-1500. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have a mix of sun and clouds with a high of 62 degrees. Winds will be out of the south at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect partly cloudy skies with a low of around 40. For your Christmas holiday weekend, we'll see partly to mostly cloudy skies with unseasonably warm weather. Highs over the next three days will be in the mid-60s with overnight lows in the mid-40s to low 50s. There is a strong chance of rain coming in on Christmas Day with some thunderstorms possible. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer. 
and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. When you bank local, you get local expertise. Hi, this is Felicia Brown with First Farmers. We've supported families, individuals, and businesses of Middle Tennessee for over a century. You are more than an account number. You are our community, and we're committed to helping you thrive. Switch to First Farmers, visit myfirstfarmers.com, or call 1-800-882-8378. Member FDIC. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118. 
or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years, and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Jingle bells, houses sell all the time of the year. To get the most out of your house, let us help you there. With free home staging, yard landscaping, and some free repairs. We will carve for you to make your dreams come true. Mr. Grinch, beware. Merry Christmas to you and your family from George Varalis and The Way Realty. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus Christ changes lives. Here we go. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrylis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. This week, the Tennessee Department of Education released the ACT state results and participation rate for the 2023 graduating class. Thanks to efforts by schools and districts to encourage student participation on the ACT, the overall statewide participation rate for the 2023 graduating class improved to 99 percent, with 64,422 graduates testing. This year, the state average composite ACT score remained steady at 19 for the 2023 graduating class. The ACT provides important measures to understand students' college and career readiness and how Tennessee prepares the next generation to transition to post-secondary opportunities. Through Tennessee's award-winning ACT Senior Retake Program, the state offers public high school students the opportunity to take the ACT two times for free during normal school hours. Each fall, the department releases statewide ACT results for the most recent graduate representing each student's highest ACT score. The 2022-23 graduating classes ACT results are available on the department's data downloads webpage. In Tennessee, we are dedicated to supporting all students in preparing for graduation and future success no matter their chosen career or college path, said Commissioner of Education Lizette Reynolds. The ACT assessment is crucial for post-secondary opportunities and scholarships, and I am extremely proud of the statewide 99% participation rate that is thanks to the hard work of Tennessee districts, teachers, and students, she said. Williamson County Schools had the highest percentage of all students meeting the ACT benchmark at 75%, scoring at least 21 on the ACT, followed by Germantown Municipal Schools at 70% and Collierville Schools at 66.6%. Get ready for a busy travel weekend as people head out of town for the Christmas and New Year's holidays. More than 115 million Americans are expected to travel. Airlines across the country expect more than 39 million flyers over the next two weeks, which is up 16% from last year. Nashville International Airport is expected to be just as busy, so people are going to want to arrive early to the airport, allow extra time for parking, and check the status of your flight before coming. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Murray Regional Health has announced some big plans for the future. On June 30th, the health system announced its first major construction project at Murray Regional Medical Center in approximately 20 years. The $115 million facility improvement plan will enhance our patient experience and expand access to care for our patients. It's an exciting time at Murray Regional Health, and we hope you'll stand with us as we embark on this renovation and expansion plan. Learn more by visiting murrayregional.com slash bigplans. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today and our final story. Sparkling meteors will be seen dancing across the sky as the Ursid meteor shower reaches its peak just in time for Christmas. The Ursid meteor shower will peak Friday night and go until the early morning hours on Saturday. Tennesseans can catch a glimpse of this celestial event, but will have to find a place far from city lights since the best time to see the meteors is well after dark. This year, viewers will also have to contend with moonlight. The bright moon will be 89% illuminated. Despite this, enthusiasts could see upwards of 10 meteors per hour streaking across the night sky. It also happens to be the last meteor shower of 2023. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting frontporchradiotn.com. It's always there for you. I'll be back on Tuesday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a very Merry Christmas.